Hello and welcome to another episode of Brothers Creed Podcast, where we talk about motivation, experiences, and we explore the world around us. We are the Thomas Brothers, and I'm Jared. I'm Ethan. Today we are going to be talking about hope versus despair. We're going to talk about uh, when when it's necessary to latch on and to find that hope, or is it something that we need to carry with us always? And maybe talking a little bit about dis- despair in our lives and and how we can overcome that. So mm-hmm. we'll define them, we'll give some examples, and we'll talk about how to be more hopeful. Exactly. All right, let's dive in. Let's do it. Spartans! What is your profession? Any man who must say, I am the king, is no true king. What I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! Let us all unite! Let us fight for a new world! A decent world! So I think one of the first things to talk about is usually when we, we talk about these uh, kind of attributes, uh, we uh, we kind of define what they are. And, and this is, uh, hope is kind of an interesting one because it's kind of wide open. Uh, from from the something that, that I was looking at, you know, this has been discussed by philosophers from, you know, the beginning of time. Uh, Aristotle once said that hope is a waking dream. Uh, Plato identified hope as a pleasure. Uh, to him, once a belief inscribes uh, uh, words into your soul, and once these words concern, concern the future, they are hopeless. They are hopes. Uh, so once it's like inscribed in your soul, and that's concerning the future, that's when it becomes hope. So, uh, you know, it's been... It's, Recording in progress. So uh, hope is such an interesting uh, thing. It's, you know, it's been discussed throughout history. Uh, one of the things that I, I liked, I was listening to um, a, uh, a TED Talk about hope recently, and he said that, um, in fact... Ted there, said? Yeah. He said, in, in fact, there was a saying, of, well, he said, in one hand, it can save your life, and on the other hand, having hope has no bearing on the outcome. I thought that was interesting. It's such an interesting thing where, in some cases, hope can literally save your life, and I'll give some examples of that later. Uh, but on other... It, but really, if you hope for something, um, it doesn't really ma- that doesn't really necessarily change the outcome of that thing. That's why they, there's the saying, uh, you know, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Or, like, if you've ever been in sales, you're like, well, you know, just because this guy is interested right now does not mean it's going to be a sale, so don't... Don't celebrate too early. So that kind of a thing, like you hoping that it's going to come to fruition, doesn't really make it happen. It doesn't. It doesn't influence what the free will of other people or the reality. But yeah. But at the same time, having hope can give you purpose uh, and meaning, and and sometimes it can save your life. So uh, and sometimes your hope uh, isn't something that's true. Uh, and and you make that you make that become a reality. So uh, there's a lot of different things. One one other yeah. definition I wanted to share just real briefly is is that hope is a is a virtue that helps us grapple with the temptation of despair. 
And I'll explain more hmm. about that in a minute. Yeah, I like that. So I, I kind of went through and, man, I read probably um, 50 definitions of hope, right? But uh, the, the one that I kind of settled on was, and this is just kind of a dictionary definition that I kind of liked, was hope is an optimistic state of mind that is based on ex- an expectation of positive outcomes with respects to events or circumstances in one life, one's life. So it's an optimistic state of mind based on expectation of positive outcomes. Um, now, like you said, we can't always, that hope doesn't always influence or does not always cause those positive outcomes, but it's like an optimistic state of mind that something good something positive will happen um, in respect to an event or circumstances in my, in my life. One thing that, that, that I kind of linked, and maybe we talk about this a little bit later too, but I linked hope kind of hand in hand with faith to Mm -hmm. a certain extent. Yeah, me too. Um, And so one of the, one story that just jumped out in my mind right when, when I was, was going through my research into, into hope was, um, the story in the Bible, the story of the woman who, um, who touched Christ's garment, mm-hmm. right. And she was healed. So I mean, I'll just, I have it right here. So it's in, in Matthew in the, the new Testament, uh, Matthew chapter nine. And I was just going to read just the couple verses that talks about it real quick. It says, and behold, a woman, which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years. So she'd been sick for 12, the past 12 years came behind him talking about Christ and touched the hem of his garment. So she just barely reached out and touched his, his clothes. Um, For she said within herself, if I may, but touch his garment, I shall be whole. So she had that faith and she had that hope of, if I just like, even just touch any aspect of, of a man who was so holy, then I can be healed. Um, and, and we know, we know the story that, um, Christ felt that hope and felt that faith when she, she touched his clothing and he, um, turned around to her and, and, and said, be of good comfort. Thy faith had the whole and she was healed. Yeah. And so it was kind of something that she was so, she was, probably going through a terrible time in her life. She was sick. She had this, this blood issue. She's probably super poor. She was, you know, maybe didn't have any friends or family or whatever else. And she stayed positive in the fact of if I could only, you know, demonstrate this little bit of faith or touch this man's clothing, then I can be healed and and I can have a positive outcome going back to the definition uh, in respect to this circumstance in my life. And so that was just a story that always kind of stuck with me on staying hopeful and not falling into despair. Yeah. I think that's, that's totally, those are so intertwined. One of the things that the aspects that I, I was kind of discovering here is that, and like I said earlier, hope, is a virtue uh, that helps us grapple with the temptation of despair. So if you think about it that way, like a temptation or a hope is a virtue, uh, which is something that all humans strive for to combat 
a corresponding temptation, like courage is to fear. Now, despair is when you kind of self-count. Uh, you say, well, you know, maybe I just, I, I couldn't have done any better, or uh, this is meaningless, and goodness are not a, goodness is not attainable, uh, and maybe I'm just going to give up. And those are easy things you can tell yourself to kind of get yourself off the, off the hook. Uh, like why be good? Why be nice to anybody? Because we're all gonna die anyway. Nothing matters. It's like this nihilistic point of view. Um, that is, that's the despair uh, aspect. Uh, that's the temp- it's a temptation to just give up on things. Uh, why am I? Why am I? You know, learning anything? You know, why am I going to do anything new? There was a, a story about an eighty year old guy who plays the cello four hours a day and they asked him why are you uh practicing the cello uh he said well because i think i'm making progress and and it's like you know some may say like well you know it's you're about to die or what what's the purpose what's the point uh but you know having and it's very easy to say that but having hope is the opposite counterbalance to that uh or or the the antithesis of that uh to have something on the horizon to look forward to, a next hill to conquer. And one of the interesting things uh, that I've found about this is when people lose their hope. Uh, And and I wanted to share a story about that. Uh, There was a a psychiatrist by the name of, he's also a Holocaust survivor, named Viktor Frankl. Uh, He, I think, wrote, wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. Uh, and he articulated like the necessity of hope through his time as he spent a prisoner in various concentration camps in World War II. Uh, he supplied one particular example uh, that between Christmas 1944 and New Year's 1945, the camp's sick ward experienced a death rate beyond all, all previous experience. Uh, and this wasn't due to a food shortage or worse living conditions, but it was because the majority of the prisoners had lived in a naive hope that they would be home again by Christmas. When this hope was unmet, prisoners found no reason to continue holding on, uh, nothing to look forward to. Uh, when the mind lets go, so does the body. And uh, he, he later said that everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances to choose one's own way. Uh, I, I love his approach there, and like having a, a positive attitude is the only thing that someone can't take from you. Uh, you think about this, this taking away of, of uh, someone's hope. I, I was thinking about this and how it's reminiscent of the broken heart syndrome. Have you ever heard of that? Is that like when one partner dies, then the other one follows shortly after? Yeah, it is. In fact, actually, I think Aunt Jean uh, had this uh, when one of our great aunts, uh, she, her husband died and she had a heart attack just like the next day. Uh, be- and she was having heart problems the next day because just this broken heart uh, and this, I, I, th- I think it's, you know, just this brokenness and this hope, uh, this d- sinking into this despair of how am I going to live without this person uh, what is going to happen to me uh, affects your body, just like all these people were dying yeah. uh, because they lost that hope. Imagine living, losing a loved one that you've been with for, you know, fifty years, 
hey, that's all you know. And so you can't imagine what, what life is, and it's hard to hope beyond that. So I think that's very interesting, that the interplay. And in this case, their hope, literally, their lack of it or having it uh, was the difference uh, in their lives and saving their lives. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I mean, one thing that helped me to understand better understand hope was to look into what you know what's the opposite of hope, and that's that's despair, like you said. But it's funny whenever I looked up the definition, you type in, you know, what is despair? Right, the definition of despair is loss of hope. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, you know, despair to me, I guess, in a deeper definition, would be despair is is very. I mean, despair is, is to me, it's too far gone, right? It's almost despair is a complete loss of, of will to keep going. Um, and uh, there's a, a story of a, a World War II veteran who was captured and uh, he was made a prisoner of war. This was uh, Army Air Force Sergeant Lloyd Ponder. And it was determined that uh, the best way to survive these Japanese-controlled POW camps that that they were contained in um, was the best way to survive those was was hope. And he he gave two little quotes here. I mean, he was a POW uh, during that time period too, and they did a big interview with him. But he had two quotes, and he said. The first one was your mental attitude towards how you handle situations is a lot, has a lot to do with your success. So, you know, your, your mental attitude, your mental fortitude has a lot to do with your success, even more than your physical strength or your uh, pain tolerance or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he said, a lot of our fellows would give up and um, they ended up not getting through it just because they would just give up, mm-hmm. uh, which is really similar to what you said. They kind of, people just get, they lose that hope, they give up. And then they're, when you're, once your mind gives up in extreme situations like this, like a, you know, a prisoner of war or concentration camp, if your mind gives up, your body seems to quickly follow. Yeah. I mean, just like, like anything, like with running or, or extreme things, like your body will do what your mind says. I mean, you, you, and you talk to people who do a lot of like long distance running and they hit this wall where their body's like, I need to stop. And, and you really have to have a lot of mental fortitude to push through that wall. Uh, and it's a similar on the way back. I mean, on the other side of things where your, your mind is saying, oh, man, I'm, I'm, if I'm done, I'm tuckered out. I can't do any more. And your body's like, yep, we can't, you know, because <laughs> you know, you're in charge. <laughs> We're going to do what you say. And so uh, it, it's, that's, that's totally true. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to talk about, too, and um, is the difference between despair and pessimism. Uh, there's an interesting relation between despair and pessimism of people that are just very pessimistic people and they're always have a bad attitude and they're always negative. Um, but before I get there, I, I had kind of some, some steps that uh, we could use to uh, maybe build hope within our lives, right? If we find ourselves 
wrestling or we find ourselves at the bottom of the pit of despair. Yes. Right. What are some, what are some actual real world things that we can do that I can do to help snap myself out of that situation, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe it's not a quick snap out of the situation. Maybe I have to climb out of that situation. Yeah. Um, but some of those were, and I have 11 of them here. Um, but first one was believe, believe that you can achieve your goals. Um, just, and maybe, maybe, maybe that starts out with maybe not setting goals that are unachievable, but setting realistic goals and believing that, yes, I can get there. Uh, number two is reflecting on past successes. We have all had some sort of wins in our life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I do that a lot of times as a, as a father, when I make a mistake, I'm like, Oh shoot, you know, I shouldn't have done that or shouldn't have said that, you know, am I a bad dad? I'm like, well, no, because I can look back and look at all of the, the positive and the great things that I've done. And that gives me hope for becoming better in the future. Yeah. Um, practicing prayer and meditation can increase hope in our life. Yeah. I mean, if you think about um, if hope as a virtue, that's something you have to develop. Yep. That's like a muscle you have to work at. Uh, you're not just going to have that all of a sudden. And so working on that, praying for that is ex- absolutely something you should be doing. Yeah. And, and it's kind of, there's a, as I was going through this, there was one question that jumped out at me and it was, what is your refuge when your peace is shattered? It was kind of a question. It's like, huh, wh- what is my refuge when peace is shattered in my life? Um, and how do I find that? Um, so we're talking about prayer meditation. Um, what, use, what, would you, what would you say your refuge is when your peace is shattered? You know, maybe let's get back to that. That's, okay. that's a good question. Let, let me finish the list okay, and, then, yeah, yeah. and then, and then we'll get back to that. So, uh, the next one was use uncertainty as a tool. Um, this one, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this one later with the, with a few examples, but using uncertainty as a tool, mm-hmm. uh, focus on the positive, find humor. Humor was a big one. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. has a, a massive positive effect on, on people's mentality in their life. Um, have, a, have social support, friends, family, people that you know support you, regardless of, of where you stand and where you are. Um, have a clear defined path or goal. This one was, was a good one. It says find someone that has already overcome your same challenge. So Mm -hmm. if I'm struggling with, um, I don't know, whatever it may be, maybe a, a loss of a job or, um, you know, maybe, uh, financial problems or whatever it might be. And you can, find someone that has had that and has, has overcome that challenge, then they could potentially help you work through it. But it also gives you hope of, okay, they had that same thing happened and they were able to get through it. So it gives me hope that I can too. Yep. Um, uh, the last two were pretty impactful for me. One was acts of kindness and service to others, which you wouldn't think that Whenever you are at your lowest, whenever you are in the, the 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 woes of despair, that serving others would help you feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does. If you think about it, it, it makes you feel empowered. 
that you that you can help others. And when yeah. you feel empowered, you you feel like, hey, maybe I can do this. Maybe maybe this maybe there this is within my reach. You know, these hopes yeah. and dreams. Yeah, and it can give you a sense of purpose. It can give you a sense of belonging when you serve others um, and, 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 and do acts of kindness, uh, even whenever you're, you're struggling yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last one was read positive, uplifting things. So maybe stop watching all of those, uh, <laughs> right, right wing TikToks or, you know, okay. yeah, exactly. Or, it's all negative. It's like, do you know how high grass prices are going to go? You better get ready. It's like, that's like every single yeah, one is right like, now. Oh my gosh. You know, the, the, the world is, is coming to an enders and everything else. And there's plenty of that in the past 10 years, I feel like just the, the local news has just continued just to get so negative and everything that we're just constantly fed just feels like it's, polarizing and it's meant to make people aggravated and upset. And, and really it feels like the news is just there to get a rise out of people. And yeah. so um, for me, I have experienced this and my wife has even experienced this after, you know, reading a bunch of stuff on politics and I, and I get, I get more aggravated and frustrated and she's like, I don't like how this makes you like kind of angry and I'm like, well, I'm just upset how this, you know, this thing is going. And it's just like, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you need to just step back and add some positivity to your life. Yeah. Um, There's some funny stuff on TikTok, too. <laughs> there, There is, definitely. Follow us on TikTok uh, and you'll see some epic. Uh, we post some good stuff, man. We've had a couple yeah. of videos go really good recently. But yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, yeah. You're, you're totally right. But I'll, back to so that your list is over, right? Yeah, list is over. So back to your back to my question. Where where do you like you talk about a refuge for when you're feeling despair? I imagine that's like mental, physical, you know, in, in different capacities. Like what what do you think? Social as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think mine. Um, I have a couple. I am uh, not a very. Uh, outgoing person uh, as far as like you know lots of people and crowds I mean I like to be around people that 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 I know and that I like um, not that I don't like other people <laughs> I but, think most people you do. know like <laughs> I would say that. like like you know some people they they love to go to Disney and just the crowds and everything else they just eat it up or ballparks or you know sports games and everything else I I, I just don't particularly like large crowds of people. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, they just make me nervous and maybe it's just, I'm, I'm an, I'm an introvert to a certain extent. So, um, I, I like to be outside. Um, my, uh, my kids, they, they made this uh, father's day uh, video for me where my wife asked them some questions and, um, they asked, they answered the questions. And one of the questions that she li- that she asked the kids was what does daddy like? And my daughter, who's three, her answer was the sun, <laughs> because because a lot of times, uh, like when I work from home um, after I eat lunch, I'll just go outside in the backyard and I'll just lay outside on the grass and just like this, it's like 99 degrees outside and uh-huh. I just lay on the grass and just let the sun just beat down on me. For me, yeah, I just, it's just like, 
relaxing and it's peaceful and it's quiet and you get a little breeze and it's warm it was just funny that she said like daddy likes the sun that's like his <laughs> his happy place you know it's like i just need to recharge and um <laughs> you come home and you're like your kids are like hey dad you're like get out of the way you go to the backyard and lay down <laughs> i need i need sun um so i've been taking my vitamin d so it, it that helps too nice um but that, that that is just one thing that I can think of mm-hmm. uh, is is a refuge for me um, whenever the the peace of my life gets shattered. I like I like quiet. I like uh, I like warm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'll add one more thing to that as well. Once I get down to uh, uh, a couple a couple more examples. But what about you? What what would how would you answer that question? I think that for for me it's like comfortable, like comfortability wise. I mean, I, I just, I'm pretty comfortable in my house. Uh, I'm pretty comfortable just, uh, you know, around, uh, doing things. I do, I do like to relax in the yard or whatever and just kind of sunbathe or just sit back. And sometimes when I get in the hot car in the summer, I'm just kind of sit there for a minute. Just like, I like being warm, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't necessarily call that my, I mean, maybe it's like a physical, just like calm. Uh, but I think that, probably mostly you know most of my issues that we have are, are more like emotional or just terrible things that just bad things that happen um and when when hard things have happened uh to 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 me or or me and my family um i just like to really just talk with my wife uh you know talk with people that are in my corner talk with you uh people that i can be open with and honest with and uh you know that they're not gonna you know judge me for expressing my feelings even though they might not be totally correct uh but i think it's important to have people in your corner uh and so that when tough things come you can kind of vent i mean there's been times when i've vented to you about things that you know i've been upset about or people have said or you know that you know dealing with we've recently been dealing with some some crazies in our in our church uh that uh were saying all kinds of stuff about us uh that it was this whole situation and so it's like um this guy's literally unhinged uh and so we were you know trying to really trying to figure that out and and uh that kind of rattled us a little bit because he's seriously unhinged uh and he's got like fixated on my wife uh, and so that was really difficult for her and then for me because I'm like trying to be protective of her and uh, and so you know just talking with people who understand who who have open ears uh, but one of the who diffi- care who care but one of the difficult things I think about that too is that uh, I think sometimes you you can when you're trying to talk to somebody about something that's difficult uh, oftentimes I think as us guys you're just talking about it regularly. And I'm and like, I'm not, if I, like if I'm talking to you about it, I'm not going to be crying or, or anything like that uh, because I don't have that emotions that close to the surface. But that doesn't mean that it's not like affecting me, like in my family quite a bit. And I think sometimes, uh, especially with men, I think is like, because there's not that emotion there, they just think, oh, this is just another thing. And they don't understand that like this actually is impactful. 
Uh, and so, you know, some people just may be like, oh, man, that's that sucks. And then what else is going on? You know, kind of a thing. And you're just like, man, like, yeah. I'm sharing with you the, the most important thing that's going on right now. And it's really impacting my family. And all you're saying is like, well, what else is going on? Uh, you're not in like what well, you're not in like essentially what, you're, what that says to me is like you're not interested uh, in, in what actually is going on. Or maybe you're just not interpreting the situation correctly. Uh, that this is really impacting me and my family. So uh, that can be difficult, but I would say my refuge is talking with, uh, you know, I, I have a great wife, talking with the wife, talking with uh, Ethan, talking with you, obviously great. Fr- I mean, I would say beyond a friend, uh, you know, if you have good friends, talk with them too. Um, I don't know that I have uh, that many, that many close friends that I would just really dive into things with. Uh, I think a, uh, something that I'm, I'm striving for is to have more friends. Like yeah, that. I yeah. think we all are, but uh, especially guys, sometimes they have a hard time connecting uh, with it with other guys. But, you know, I, I think that, uh, that, that is one of the most important things to just be heard. And then that will help rebuild, um, be validated sometimes. And that can help rebuild that hope uh, and, and give you courage to keep fighting, fighting another day. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's it's interesting. I want to kind of round back um, on a, a story that uh, one of my my list of things in talking about hope was uh, using uncertainty as a tool. And um, you know, I, I I really liked what you had said that sometimes we especially as men will like share things, but it's almost like like we, we, we share them as a matter of fact and Mm -hmm. not so much as a matter of emotion. Yeah. And so it's just like, Oh yeah. You know, well, that's one thing that's going on in your life. How's work, you know? And so it it is kind of, yeah, I completely agree that sometimes we can kind of jump around on things and, and not, not maybe, I don't know, empathize and sympathize. I always get those mixed up, but not uh, really kind of relate to the person and what that, what the, the effects of a specific struggle might be. But I think the uh, difference the is story- the difference there is like, I think sympathize is to say, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. And like, but empathize is to like put yourself in that person's shoes and like feel mm-hmm. that pain uh, with them, uh, which is a little bit different than just saying like, Oh, I sympathize with you. Like, oh man, that's that's too bad. But and to empathize is to like, man, like, let me bear that pain with you, kind of a thing. I think yeah. I may have it mixed up, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So in uh, during the Vietnam War, there were we've kind of gone back to this. We you know we had the Holocaust and we had a little bit of World War Two and and mm-hmm. and kind of this prisoner of war type thing. It's kind of the the direction that I went down just because. I'm really curious how how hope and despair affected and a mental attitude affected those who were in a situation of of potentially losing hope. Um, mm-hmm. And so there were several thousand American servicemen that were captured by the the North Vietnamese and taken as POWs or prisoners prisoners of war. Um, during the Vietnam war. So they were held in tiny cells where they were tortured, beaten and starved. Some were kept for even years in solitary confinement. 
uh, after the Vietnam War. It was several years after the Vietnam War. I mean, if you uh, watch Rambo First Blood Part Two, <laughs> right? Yeah, is that a, Rambo, is that a historic? Uh, uh, it's historically accurate. Is, Rambo accurate, went yeah. back and he saved those POWs years after the war. Like, but that's a whole different thing. We could do an episode <laughs> on that. But um, so at the end of the war, there were only out of these several thousand American POWs, there was only 591 prisoners of war that returned home. And so why did those 591 survive when all of the others were presumed to have have died? Um and so what they did was they actually interviewed a Medal of Honor recipient from from that 591 survivors, uh, and they asked him a bunch of questions on who survived, why did they survive, why did you survive versus other people, and his answer was really interesting. So they said they asked him um, who hadn't made it out of the camps and why and he said oh that's an easy one he said the people that didn't make it out of the camps were the extreme optimists Hmm. and i read that and it was a quote from him where the optimists were the ones that didn't make it out and um so what he said, and he wanted to explain that, and he said that there's something about being a pessimist that gives you a critical tool to cope when things when the, when the worst happens. Right? In Vietnam, the the optimist would believe that oh we're going to be home by Christmas, and then when it didn't happen, oh we're going to be home by Easter, and then that didn't happen. Oh we're going to be home by Fourth of July, mm-hmm. and then that didn't happen. Oh then we're going to be home by Thanksgiving, and that didn't happen. And oh we'll be home by Christmas. And that didn't happen. And then it's just like this constant over optimist and just constant like disappointment almost was detri- was detrimental. Um, that we all need to have hope in this example and how he was explaining it is we all need to have hope, but not false hope. So really the question is, uh, can you be optimistic or can you have hope to a fault? Um, and you can't totally deny what is happening in a situation. Um, and that kind of makes it almost easier to deal with, right? If you accept the situation for what it is, then instead of saying, oh, you know, this is, this is not right, or this is not going to, this will never happen to me or, or, you know, if you're so hopeful that, that you think that you actually have impact on the outcome, right? Then mm-hmm. that can almost lead to despair. You because know, you keep like, being oh, let down. You... you keep being let down. Yeah, you said that you don't. At the beginning, you said don't count your your chickens before they hatch, mm-hmm. right? If you have ten eggs and you're like, oh man, I, I, I'm gonna have ten chickens, ten chickens, ten chickens. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. And then you know you only get six chickens. It's like if you don't understand the reality of your situation, mm-hmm. that opti- optimism can almost be blinding and can lead you down the path of potential despair. Instead of saying, you know, I, I, I hope for 10 chickens. I hope that I get 10 chickens out of these eggs. But is it 100 percent? No. 
Is it likely? Maybe. Yeah. Right. And so understanding the current situation. And so what he said about pessimism, what he said that 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 optimistic roller coaster of just false hope and delusions you know, going up and then crashing down. Oh, we're going to be home by Christmas. Oh, we're not. Oh, we're going to be home by Easter. Oh, we're not. Um, really was just uh, it was just weakening. It was detrimental to the soul. Um, and he talks about many of those the, those POWs. They died of a of a broken heart. Just they died of just constant disappointment. Um, but while the other side of the coin was the pessimist actually accepted the reality of their situation. They moved quickly through the stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then finally acceptance. And they maintained that faith that, you know, this freaking sucks. This is terrible. You know, they, they, they've grieved, they've gone through that process, but they had faith and hope that in the end, they would prevail. Um, hmm. And this, it didn't really cause a constant confusion or fan fantasy of what reality really was. Cause they, they were pessimistic enough to understand the reality, mm-hmm. but they, they held that glimmer of hope to know that in the end, there is uh, uh, kind of that, that discipline to confront the most brutal facts and the the hope to um, know that the possibilities are out there for a positive outcome. Um, so yeah. his whole thing was his whole thing was the thing that saved the POWs, at least in his experience, yeah. was not the extreme optimist, but it was almost being more pessimistic than optimistic, and and. Yeah understanding your situation, realizing your situation and accepting your situation. But it's this, it's this very careful balance between acceptance and pessimism and hope and optimism. Yeah. And that's just like what I said earlier, like when these people, uh, the, in the concentration camp that the majority of the prisoners uh, lived with a naive hope that they would be home by Christmas and they kept, Oh, I'm going to be home. And then when that went unmet, yep. they just crashed down totally. As opposed to someone's like, yeah, you know, we'll see, you know, and they didn't work their hopes. This is kind of a thing that my wife and I have talked about back and forth sometimes. I think maybe sometimes I err too much on the side of not getting my hopes up. Uh, You know, like someone on LinkedIn will reach out to me and say, hey, are you interested in this job? And then I'll tell my wife, hey, you know, this guy reached out to me on LinkedIn and uh, he's want to talk to me about this job uh, at whatever company. And she's like, oh, my gosh, where is it? I'm like, oh, it's. It's in, you know, say Florida. And then it's like, well, how much is it paying? It's paying, you know, like half a million dollars or something. I don't know. That's just it. But then she's like, okay, I'm looking yeah. for houses in Florida now. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, I haven't had the interview yet, you know? <laughs> what if they want me to work 100 hours a week, you know? Uh, so, uh, but I think that's a good balance. There's a balance that you have to, and then we will go back and forth and she'll be like, well, I, I want to get my hopes up. I want to be excited about things. And I totally think that that is definitely valid because sometimes I err of not getting my hopes up and then I don't get excited about things because I'm like, well, you know, we'll see when it happens. Um, you know, we'll see, we'll see if it happens. Like when we sell our house, like I've sold a couple houses at this point and of my own houses when I've moved. And it's like when we get under contract, it's like 
nope, not going to celebrate because I've had several contracts fall through. And then when we get like to the closing, like until the money's in my account, I'm not going to celebrate because it's not done until the money has been received by me. Uh, and so sometimes that, that kind of kills my, um, you know, uh, yeah, my excitement or my hope for something because I, I don't really have the hope or the faith because I don't want to get my hopes way up and then be like, oh, no, they pulled out, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So, well, I yeah. did have one aspect of, of hope that I, I did feel I was like was men- worth mentioning. And this is more of like a long, this is I think more of like the elephant in the room here, uh, which is really the hope in Christ uh, that we should at, we should have. And I have a few scriptures I wanted to share here. Uh, one is in Romans fifteen thirteen. It says, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost is going to help us have be filled with that hope and peace. Uh, and, and you say, well, what is your hope and peace in? Well, your hope and should be in Christ, in the atonement of Christ, uh, amongst other things. Uh, one of the things that in First Peter 3.15, he says, Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh, you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Uh, so what is the reason for the hope that's in you? And, uh, you know, that, that goes back to your creed. If someone asks, what's your why? Or why do you hope? What's on the horizon for you? What are you excited for in the future? Uh, you can answer a myriad of different things. You know, I'm excited for my family's future. I'm excited for, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful for my, my own future. I'm hopeful for my children's future. I'm hopeful for the future of this country. I'm hopeful uh, I have hope in the atonement of Christ uh, that I will one day be rescued from my sins uh, and mortal death and, and one day uh, be saved. And so I think that that is a, is a crucial piece as well. Um, there's a scripture that, uh, another one that I wanted to share, it says, wherefore there must be faith and there must be, and if there must be faith, there must also be hope. And if there must be hope, there also must be charity. So those three things, hope, faith, and charity, are almost like, you know, they're so intertwined that it's difficult to, to bring them apart. Uh, there's a, a, a religious leader in our church named uh, Dieter F. Uchtdorf, and he taught uh, that hope is one leg of a three-legged stool. Together with faith and charity, these three stabilize our lives regardless of the rough or uneven surfaces we might encounter at, any, at the time. So with those three things, hope, faith, and charity, uh, we can, you know, be grounded, uh, and we can have that hope and expectation for the future uh, that something something good is going to happen, or, or there's good things in our future, and and avoid this nihilistic thinking of nothing matters. Why am I even here? Uh, we're here for a purpose, and and serving others is is helping that purpose and showing that purpose that we are, we are powerful. We we can be empowered to help others, and uh, through prayer, meditation, and uh, you know trying to to strengthen that skill, we can develop more hope, more faith, and more charity. Yeah, uh, I wanted to go back to something you said at the very beginning. And I, I agree with all that is that hope is it's kind of like a muscle, right? That needs to be strengthened. It needs to be practiced. It needs to be worked. And 
it can be grown. Um, the last thing that I wanted to say about it is in talking about, okay, well, how can I be more hopeful? How can I build hope, hope in my life? Um, and, and I think that you can train yourself for when despair starts to set in. Um, I think hope is, is strengthened by our experiences. And you think of, you know, different, different situations like, you know, the Navy SEALs, right? They, in their training, their training really isn't specifically made to make them stronger. It is made to help them to learn how to suffer. It is to help them to uh, cope with tough situations. It gives them experience in overcoming tough situations. Um, there is a, a guy that I have followed. His name is Wim Hof, and he um, ha has done a lot with uh, basically overcoming your your physical weaknesses through even sicknesses through the power of, of your mind. And one of the things that he talks about is putting yourself into stressful situations purposefully. And that could be different, many different stressful, stressful situations. He's kind of famous for his, uh, uh, his physical, he does extreme cold exposure. He will, uh, you know, bathe in in ice lakes and different things like that right so he will expose himself to extreme extreme cold temperatures um very frequently so that he can strengthen his body and his mind to 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 build that willpower so um you know i uh, there's something called exposure therapy where if you don't feel comfortable with something or if something you know maybe it's public speaking or um or going to a, a, a mix and mingle at work where you're supposed to network with people. If that's, if that to you sounds like the worst thing in the entire world and you'd rather jump off a cliff than do that, then that to me is almost like th that is your despair. Mm -hmm. And so little micro doses of putting yourself purposefully into those situations is, uh, can, can make you stronger. It's an experiences that can slowly build that confidence and and the the positive hope of uh, or the, the the hope or the expectation of a positive outcome. Um, you know, cold showers or like I said, uh, speaking in public, putting yourself in in the situations that hurt right now, but doing it in a controlled environment. Um, yeah. So that whenever you get to the point of despair, that you can say, hey, I know you. Mm -hmm. I've been here before. I can handle this. I can overcome this. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that kind of going back to the question that I asked earlier is what is your refuge when your peace is shattered? Um, another refuge for me is my past experiences. And saying that, okay, I have, uh, you know, I, I've, I've felt this before. Can I, uh, maybe I, I've, I've been depressed before mm -hmm. and it took me, it took me a couple months to kind of snap out of it before, you know, maybe I'm recognizing this feeling. Maybe I can get over it in a couple weeks this time or not that you just get over depression, but you know, maybe you I come can come out of it. Uh, yeah. 
yeah, come out of it or I can feel better about myself and those around me. Um, and so uh, kind of the last thing that I'll say is the, that movie or the book in the movie Unbroken mm-hmm. uh, talks about the, the, the Louis Zamperini, who was a prisoner of war during World War II, mm-hmm. and he was in a Japanese a POW camp. And uh, he had one phrase, it's based on a true story, he had one phrase that he, him and his brother would always say back and forth, and it was, the phrase was, if you can take it, you can make it. And it was just something, it was that mental fortitude and, and that, that will to go on was driven by his hope for, for something better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think all of this combined, the things we talked about, hope and faith, our faith in in Christ and our faith in a, a positive outcome, our hope in a positive outcome, um, will definitely be crucial parts of my personal creed and, and the things that I, the legacy that I would like to leave, um, is that, that strength and that fortitude and that hope. Yeah, absolutely agree. Totally. I love that. I love that example of the unbroken reminds me of Rocky saying it, that saying that bell rings and I'm still standing. Then I'll know I, I went the distance. I went the distance. Yeah. So that's about, so well, this has been excellent. I think there's so much to hope uh, and some of these other things like charity, uh, faith, they're intertwined. And um, <clears throat> I think it's a, a delicate mix of, of balancing realism, uh, being realistic, but also being hopeful uh, and ho- I think that hope in a way can be the sails uh, which propel us forward uh, and encourage our own action and enable us to become agents uh, unto ourselves to, to take action in our lives and to bless others around us. Uh, if you are in a, in, a, in a place of despair, if you have been tempted by despair, uh, you are not going to be someone who's helping others, who's trying to lift others up. You're going to be uh, really, you're gonna fall into a, probably a victim mentality. I would think uh, of you know someone needs to come rescue me. Uh, this is bad. I I have no options here, uh, and then that leads to unhappiness. I mean, with, along with a lot of other things. But uh, yeah, this is a great this is a great attribute. Thank you for sharing your your thoughts with that, Ethan. Yeah, yeah, you too, and everybody out there. You know, let's let's continue to to grow and let's. Uh, work on hope together with uh you know our community with our family members and let's build that creed together let's do it thanks